Welcome to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5, a podcast created to celebrate the strength and power of seasoned women as they navigate through the challenges of their everyday life. Join us as we sit around the table with our coffee and English muffins and share our insights and wisdom gained from personal experiences, life lessons, and sometimes a good old-fashioned knock upside the head on a mixed bag of topics related to self-love, empowerment, and living with purpose on purpose. My name is Miss D, and joining me at the table are my sister queens, Lisa Renee and Darlene West. We have room at the table for you, so pull up a chair and join us. Well, great morning and welcome to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. My name is Lisa Renee, and I will be your host for the discussion this morning. And joining me at the table this morning is our sister queen, Ms. Darlene. Great morning, Ms. Darlene. Well, great morning, Ms. Lisa. Well, thank you. Thank you. How are you today? I am doing well. Okay, okay. So uh, before we get started, can I have you, Ms. Darlene, bless the table for us this morning? Yes, I will. Gracious Father, thank you so much for waking us so we can be part of your divine plan. As we go into this call, may the wisdom pour from our lips out so we might be able to help someone have a better understanding just about life. Touch us, Lord, so we can be that light to others. And we thank you for our assignment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Okay, Ms. Darlene, this is a one-on-one at the table this morning. Okay. This is just, it's just you and I. We, we, uh, uh, our sister uh, D is in travel mode uh, today, so it's just you and I. So we began this pretty journey, and, and it was because we realized that pretty was either embraced or rejected by many, especially women of color. Uh, The ideology of the pretty woman or the pretty face has been built around European standards and guidelines that many measure their beauty up against, still even with the self-love consciousness that, you know, everyone is proclaiming. Uh, We find that there is still a disconnect in seeing pretty in the mirror without many micro-deceptions, and we spoke about those different micro-deceptions from the weave to the eyelashes to the makeup uh, to, you know, to getting things, you know, surgically, you know, enhanced or reduced. Um, You know, all those micro-deceptions available to us so we can, quote, measure up. And you said measure up to, you know, the idols like Beyonce or Janet Jackson or just, you know, just whoever's on the billboard or whoever's going across the TV screen or whoever's on, you know, social media. So the queens at the table took a pretty challenge, which uh, was one of my favorite accountability tasks uh, with that face-to-face accountability task that really set uh, this movement in motion or this dialogue in motion uh, with the bare essential challenge, no makeup, a no-makeup day, took a selfie, posted it on IG, uh, still getting a lot of hits, you know, people complimenting. Uh, And with that challenge, we discovered beauty in the raw. 
and beauty flaws that now we just see as beauty. Um, we had a dialogue about pretty versus beauty and, and defined a distinction, you know, that pretty is surface. You know, beauty uh, is... is is people experiences and their spirit, but we also found that you know pretty also is that also, um, and we found that contrary to belief, pretty does not fade, and it's not exclusive to women of a certain age because we, you know, we saw how people you know put pretty on babies and and you know when I you know did a search engine pretty women it came up women you know under 30 but pretty is not exclusive to women of a certain age then we shifted to hair what was considered good or pretty hair and Ms. D uh, gave us a definition we we canceled out all those other definitions of what pretty and good hair is and she said it is healthy, strong, and versatile. And we shared our versatility options to include protective styles, hats, and even head wraps. And we denounced our hair defined by a number or type. We are, we are not a 2B or 4C. And, you know, those are the same hair types that they have for weave in the store. So, you know, if you want, you know, mm. 1B uh, hair, that's, black and, and, you know, and, you know, a little kinky or whatever. So our hair is not defined by a number or defined by uh, words like fragile or brittle or dry, and especially coarse. We, we We dug into that word coarse because we have used that over the years. I have coarse hair. She has coarse hair. But when I went into really looking at what coarse is, it's synonymous with brillo and rough or vulgar like a behavior. And that is not the way we describe our hair. And if we think of our hair in that sense, we will never fall in love with our hair. But define it as it is by a texture, texture of kinky, curly, curly, wavy, locked, straight, or even bare. Um, and that's by our own terms, and that's our beauty. So on the last episode, we put some stats on the table, and though millions of dollars, uh, though we saw that millions of dollars black consumers spend on beauty is higher than any other consumer group, it did not surprise us, and we we also felt like we contributed some of that million of dollars, <laughs> but it was disturbing. So we are at the end of our road with our mini-series. What's next? Well, it is just time to talk the confidence and the celebration of claiming our place in the earth as a pretty woman from head to toe as we close our mini-series, Let's Talk Pretty. So our focus today, Ms. Darlene, is the pursuit of happiness. And you know where this came from? That article that I had read and you said what stood out to you at the end was uh, the article said they're just not happy. They're still trying to find happy. So that's our focus today, the pursuit of happiness. So my first question for the table is, has your confidence uh, grown as a result of this pretty dialogue? I mean, did you have any needlepoint moves? 
you know, um, as a result of this mini-series, Ms. Darlene? Ms. Darlene, are you there? So, uh, again, has your confidence grown as a result of this pretty dialogue, Ms. Darlene? Well, what it has brought me to a realization is just understanding a culture in a way I didn't grow up on and helping me to understand how people are thinking now, uh, different terminology, and just being aware the way that you feel about your hair or the way you look is a result of sometimes the way that we have grown up and are in the workforce or whatever movement we're in. And so it has helped me to understand it better. And so I'm not as judgmental, I feel, as I was when we started this because I had one mindset. Mm. Now it has opened me up for a wider mindset. To understand, because, see, when you don't understand and you have one mindset, you're very judgmental because it, it doesn't fit into what you feel should be. But when I when I listen intently to what you and Ms. D said, it just helped me. I felt like, oh. Because, see, we, we, we come in the same generation, but then we weren't. And so, you know, my generation was totally different than your generation coming up. Mm-hmm. So y'all, you came on the tail end mm-hmm. of mine, and so it, it didn't make sense to me. But now, since I'm standing in the midst of your generation, understanding, and then the generation coming after you all, I'm having a better understanding. And so with that, it brings a joy to my heart that my mind has expanded because the excitement about learning pushes me to the next level because I can't help somebody if I'm stuck. Mm. I can't encourage anybody if I don't have a new mindset. I, I, I can't because I pour, I pour it out into the atmosphere everything I am feeling. And so if it's not going to be a level where it's spreading out positiveness as much as possible, then I'm opening up my mouth for what reason? Why Mm. am I thinking? That's how I feel. And thank you for that, Ms. Darlene. And I love that you brought that to the surface because, you know, I realized we had that one discussion during our mini-series about nappy and um, how, you know, I had said that I had 
spoken with, you know, some younger sisters and asked them do they know where, you know, Nappy came from and, you know, where that derived. But I came to the realization after that conversation that, like you said, with every generation, there's always something that the previous generation is not going to always embrace and accept. So I, I started to think back, you know, in the 60s when the revolution of the Afro, you know, the first revolution of, of, of really knowing that we are beautiful people just the way we are, our hair. But you've got to think about the prior generation, how they saw that as rebellion. They saw mm -hmm. that as, you know, um, you know, you you just going out there, you know, not looking presentable and, you know, right. and, and, and that's just exactly. what they want us to, to do is to, you know, not come out the house in our best. And to them, it wasn't going out in their best. It was it was rebellion. It was, uh, you know, not putting your best foot forward. But for them, that was their way of expression. That that was their that was their way of rejecting um, the European standards of what beauty is. But the prior generation didn't see it as that. And I mean, and I even started to go back even further. I remember when um, I remember when my grandmother was telling me about you know when they were starting to, you know, doing those dances uh, where they were flipping upside down and, you know, you saw, you know, the girls, you know, mm -hmm. maybe underwears and everything. And she said she mm -hmm. remembers her father seeing that and he had a fit. <laughs> So with every generation, there is a, a freedom of expression that the previous generation may not uh, understand. Not understand. So mm -hmm. that that came to my life, and, and and I'm like you, where you know you have to, um, and, and I think Deidre had said that every generation has a right for their pre freedom of expression. And for the newer generation who is saying, I'm happy to be nappy, uh, they have taken a word uh, and said, you know what? Uh, you know, and I actually looked up where nappy came from. So, yes, it was used as a derogatory word, but it was uh, – described as cotton. So when cotton is first developed, is I, I think it's they said it's developed from a, a nap, and that's what it's called. The bud of the mm. cotton is called a nap. And so they saw our hair, when I say they, we already know who we, I'm talking about they, the Europeans, the, you know, uh, uh, saw uh, our hair as like cotton, so they compared it to cotton. So I don't know where, you know, coarse and all of that came from because there's no coarse cotton. <laughs> cotton, no, is cotton is soft. Cotton is soft. And so, soft. right, so, uh, so they first started out saying, you know, you got hair like naps. And hair like naps, the naps was the cotton. So when you really dig down, it's really not, it was used as a derogatory uh, thing. You know, you got mm -hmm. nappy hair and, you you know, get those naps out of here and, you know, come in here and let me straighten those naps out in your hair. Oh, no. So it was used as a derogatory, but the word naps is the bud from the cotton. So the newer generation has now taken that and said, you know what, I'm happy to be nappy. 
you can't use that against me anymore. It will not offend mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. you, you're right. You do have to. That that was a growth spur for me in this mini series. But I tell you, I am not going to accept course because course is used for Brillo. Okay, <laughs> so I don't know where that came about. And then uh, I talked to someone about kitchens. I said, where did that come from? And she said, because you always went in the kitchen to get your hair done. I said, oh. <laughs> she and that's said, true. Mm-hmm. Rolling <laughs> up, sitting let, right there. That's come on, cold. let me take care of those kitchens. And so the, the hair was called kitchens, and then, you know, later on it was, you know, uh, you know, narrowed down to the back of the nape of our neck. So, uh, yeah, we just don't know where things come from, uh, you know, and how they derived. Um, there was always a, a joke around Thanksgiving uh, of someone who says, you know, I, I cut up my turkey uh, to put it in the oven. I never cook my turkey whole. And somebody said, you know, why? And they said, I don't know, because, you know, my mother did. And so she asked her mother. She said, I don't know, my grandmother did. And she said, well, ask your grandmother. And she said, I cut it up because our oven wasn't big enough. <laughs> so we don't know where things actually come from. But we each generation, we have the freedom to change what has been in the past. And, and, and redefine it as something new, just like we have. We have redefined uh, what our hair is. Our hair is not a type. So uh, so was that your needlepoint move, uh, Ms. Darlene, in, in this miniseries? Well, yes, ma'am. It, 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 it was. And also understanding about pretty, because I've never really taken – a photo and put it out anywhere without at least having it on my makeup. Hmm. I mean, and my makeup for me was my lipstick. So that was a very bold move for me. And with that, I was like, okay, okay, I can see all of me along with everybody else. And I said, that is awesome. I never really did that. Mm. And then for somebody to give their comment, have the opportunity to give their comment. So I I, I was like, okay, darling, it's okay. Yeah. It's been real good. And I have to say, that was my needlepoint move as well. And, you know, I think I mentioned this before. Since then, I have not worn makeup outside of lipstick. I have been enjoying just moisturizing my face and just really Mm -hmm. looking at my face. You know, I mean, I haven't, you know, of course, you know, you know, you know, maintenance my eyebrows and, you know, make sure they're clean when I go out. But I haven't worn any mascara, no foundation, no concealer. And it's just made me wonder, like, wow. How many other women would really, really recognize their pretty if they weren't using all of these micro deceptions that you actually become addicted to? And and my makeup case has never been more than three or four. I've never been a makeup uh, person, but I've always had my foundation, my mascara, 
um, after, you know, uh, healing from the tragedy of wearing eyelashes, because once upon a time I didn't even need mascara, but, you know, trying to go with the trends or trying to, you know, go with these different micro deceptions, put on these eyelashes, started to get addicted to the eyelashes, and it just ruined uh, my natural uh, eyelashes. So now, you know, to kind of see my eyelashes, I need mascara. So I was a mascara, you know, the lipstick. And I only wear earth tones, but I always felt like I needed it. Once I got started, I felt like I needed it because I never took the opportunity to not wear it and see that it should be an occasional thing. You know, not bashing any makeup, you know, some people wear their makeup very pretty, but it makes you wonder when you see women that are overindulged in makeup, I feel like it's like a drug, you know, you always wonder how someone got addicted to a certain drug. Well, you know, they get to one point and they need more and they need more and that was kind of like what the the man said at the end of the article, um, you know, when you see women that are wearing weave that is, you know, down to their waistline and, you know, and it's not even on well. You can see the tracks and you can see this, but they have to have it on. Then you know that there's something underlying there. There is, there's, a, there's a problem. There is something that is not being said but being said. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was uh, definitely my needle point move as well. So, uh, Miss Darlene, um, you know, some sisters are still getting some pushback and criticism of their natural shift um, at work and, and maybe, you know, in families. Have you experienced um, an acceptance of your natural state in your workplace? Did you did you start off there? How, what was no. your experience when you came in and 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 now you're showing your natural because you, you're a natural bear. So, uh, what, what was what was your experience? Well, mine took years because I always got. It was a different type of harassment. It wasn't so much, I'll just be straight up, people like my body. So they would always comment, if you just had some long hair, mm. it would be perfect. Wow. So at that time, I wasn't with Jesus and nothing. <laughs> so my turn to them, to, to, no, and I was straight 100. These were officers, um, you know, and they could have wrote me up. But when I got finished with them, they left me alone. And, and, I, wasn't, and I wasn't pretty with my words. Yeah, I didn't hide. But they knew that they couldn't just religiously write me up because they would have to find out, well, what made her say what she said? She just don't come up and say what she said. So you tell me what you said to make her go that direction. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of that. And so it drove me it drove me crazy and I was always trying to keep my hair straight. I was just going through that because I was trying to fit. Mm. But then not realizing my hair was not going to conform to what was going on. So I had to come into the realization, darling, you've got to do something different. But in the midst of all that, I had so much 
damage done. And so it just gradually, how can I say, it just gradually just started to just get less and less. The hair particles became to the point where they didn't grow the hair the way I wanted it to or topped. And so it just made, it made a, I look like Bozo. Mm. I had hair around the side, but nothing at the top. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hmm, I got to do something. And so when my hair was cut, by, and it was a lady barber that cut it, she says, you have such a pretty face. Let me try this hairstyle. And once she cut it, girl, it was on for me, for me. <laughs> I looked at me, girl, I had the biggest grin. She said, girl, you you were made for this hairstyle. Uh, but society wasn't ready for me. Uh-huh. And that's when the greatest pushback came. That's when I told you people were very cruel. They would just walk up to you and say stuff. But I, I was in an arena where... You know, you're out hanging out with your friends and everything. And so people knew you, so they would just come up with, they would just come up and say, oh, girl, I like that, or, oh, yeah, that's sharp. And so with that freedom, they would come up and say, I don't like your hair like that. Mm. Why do you your hair different? Why don't mm. you bring it back? Why don't you get a wig? I mean, wow. you, you see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. like, I would, that was my type of a journey. And wow. until I came into the realization when I told you all that story about standing in the mirror and I was crying, Lord, help me. And he said, I've given you everything. And then I, it was like a veil being lifted off to see my natural beauty. When you can see your natural beauty, regardless of hair is there, regardless of hair is not there, but when you can see your natural beauty of your face, And that, you can say, I love you. Yes. I love you. Yes. And when you can say that, then it, it supersedes anything. Absolutely. And so, and stepping into my jobs and think, my job here has embraced me. Uh-huh. They just love me for me. So I didn't have no... Um, as years went on, I never really had that conflict for my job where I'm at now. Now, I can't say if I was in another job how they would embrace me, but I've been on this one so long, they just accept me for the way that I am. That's that's awesome. And, and, and the sisters need to hear that, that, it's not an overnight success. No, the confidence will come. The confidence will come. And, and that's what I hear in your voice. Confidence has, you have embraced who you are in your bear. And, and I have to tell you, there are so many women that are, are resulting to that hairstyle, and they didn't have... Um, uh, any kind of challenges with losing their hair or or going through you know 
chemo because that's the first thing people think, you know, when they see someone right. who is uh, walking in, in their bear is that, you know, uh, you know, that you must be going through some type of treatment. And it, it, is, a, it is a stigma. You know, I, I remember I worked for a college, and one of the professors when I got there, you know, little mindset, one of the professors when I got there, beautiful woman, and she wore a bear hairstyle. The first thing I thought, like everyone else, is she must have went through some type of treatment. And as I got to know her, um, one day I think she had a, a little budding, and she said, oh, I got to go get my, you know, I got to go get my hair shaved. And so I then asked her, why do you wear your hair shaved. I mean, it's beautiful. She beautiful woman. I loved the way she dressed and, you know, oh, and, and she just caught the attention of men and women because she just walked with her shoulders up. I mean, she was just beautiful. And she said, my hair grows, but grows to a certain length. And it just wasn't as attractive on me. It just didn't fit me. And she said, in one day, I took it all off, and I said, that is me. And she says, and I never let my hair grow ever since. This is just who I am. Well, I remember she got married for a short period of time, and obviously when she got married, it was it was evident that maybe even though she met her husband uh, the way she was, I think he preferred some hair. And I mm-hmm. saw just what she saw. I did not see that vibrant. I did not see that free that freedom anymore. Well, the marriage didn't last long, and she went right back to you know herself because she had let her hair grow, and it it, it to me it it looked it appeared that it just took something from her, robbed something from her to to mm-hmm. not be in um in her truth. That was her truth. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I embraced bear as another hairstyle because for everyone else, they they judged it as their hair must not grow. They must be going through treatment. They must be doing this. They saw that as a flaw and not a beauty. So that mm-hmm. was my journey in embracing bear as one of, uh, of and there's many African tribes, and that is, that is their style is bare, and it's just mm-hmm. as beautiful as hair, you know, uh, down to your back because it is you. And I love that when you said it is all of me. Wow, wow, wow. So this is the last, and I just want to squeeze this in before we close up. As a sisterhood, Miss Darlene, do, do we have a responsibility to educate pretty I mean, do we have that response? And, and, you know, since this mini-series, I have been very conscious of telling women when I see them, oh, you look so pretty today. It's a different response than when I say, oh, you're beautiful. But when I say pretty, I have been receiving a different type of response. Do you feel like we have a responsibility? Well, I feel our responsibility is when we are out, uh, you can kind of study the person to kind of see what you can say to them and what you can't. I, I think it is that if, if the opportunity presents itself, say it. Say it because that might help free somebody. 
Mm. Because they might not have never heard that. Mm-hmm. They might always just heard beautiful. So when you say pretty, it's like, well, people normally don't say pretty. Mm-hmm. They normally say beautiful. So what is their concept between the two? And sometimes the opportunity might provide for you to just help them understand the difference between the words. And then it might not. You might just have to smile and keep moving. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a smile is greater than words. Because people watch your eyes. They watch your demeanor. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, th- I think we do have a, a responsibility of encouraging. I think we have a responsibility to inspire. If that door opens up, do it. And not mm-hmm. negatively. Mm-hmm. Maybe just strike up a conversation. And that, and that conversation can say a lot. Sometimes you don't need 30 minutes. All you need is five minutes. Mm-hmm. Five minutes can change a person's life. In five minutes. It's it like it can destroy. It can enlighten. Mm-hmm. It can elevate. So, yes, I do. When we have that opportunity, and that's what the difference is. That girl, let me tell you. Not that mm-hmm. attitude, mm-hmm. but with a humble and gentleness, walk it. You ain't got to always speak it. Just walk it. And like mm-hmm. I said, you get eye-to-eye contact and you smile. So that's more, that's more words than you can ever say because you already got their approval because they're smiling, looking at you. Not frowning, looking at the floor, looking around. But when you get an eye-to-eye contact and you smile, and you just nod your head a little bit, they got it like, I got you. It's just subtle gestures that we give to let people know that's approved. Whether it's male or female. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree with you, Miss Darlene. I definitely agree with you. I think there is uh, a different type of expression. I think there's a different type of acceptance. And, and you're right. Sometimes people just need just a kind word. Just It don't take a conversation. It could just be a pass by. Um, you know, in in doing that. So, Ms. Darlene, I am going to close up right here. And I did, um, I I consolidated everything that we talked about in this series. And I wrote a little poem. It's kind of like an anthem, okay? And I just, I want to share it with the table. And it has a little piece of, you know, a little bit, you know, of our dialogue and our confidence and our coming to. And so I want to share this as our closing blessing. And it is called My Pretty is All of Me. My pretty is all of me. Say it loud, say it proud. It's not just a hashtag or a T. It's an awakening of self-love, liberation, celebration of our creation. Say it loud and say it proud was the first revolution that rejected the standards of pretty that didn't include the face or hair I'm in, but demoralized the beauty of my kinks, curls, and skin. Sisters, we must verbalize our pretty, not 
to just one another, but educate each generation now and thereafter to every sister and brother, for they too must take responsibility to tear down the ugly they've built us to them, uh, the ugly they've built uh, in us. Let me just read that all over again. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I got a little emotion on this uh, uh, um, table. I'm going to start that again. <laughs> okay. My pretty is all of me. Say it loud, say it proud. It's, just not, it's not just a hashtag or a T. It's an awakening of self-love, liberation, and celebration of our creation. Say it loud, say it proud was the first revolution that rejected the standards of pretty that didn't include the face or hair I'm in, but demoralized the beauty of my kinks, curls, and skin. Sisters, we, may, we must verbalize our pretty, not to just one another, but educate each generation now and thereafter to every sister and brother. For they too must take responsibility to tear down the ugly they've built in us uh, for so long. It's time to love what's right and raise awareness on what's wrong. Restore back the confidence that pretty f never fades because, oh yes, pretty is present in every queen of shade. Embracing the new wave of a naturalist revolution is just a small part of the solution. We must say it loud, say it proud. I am not my hair defined by a number, type, or crowd. But with every kinky, curly, locked texture, straight or bare, my hair is me, an envied beauty found in their stare. Say it loud. Say it proud. I feel pretty, oh so pretty, is our experience, acceptance, confidence, and worth. It is our pursuit of happiness and rightful place in the earth. Pretty is what pretty does, is all you'll ever see. It's not a hashtag or a T. Say it loud, say it proud. My pretty is all of me. I got that out. I got that out. Thank y'all for the patience. <laughs> We're not perfect, okay? <laughs> but we are getting our message out. So uh, that is uh, the end of our series. This concludes our mini-series on Let's Talk Pretty and Let's Talk Pretty Hair. Feel free to listen to the whole mini-series in its entirety on your favorite podcast platform and join us on the next Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to Table Talk with the Women of Power 5. We are so glad you joined us at the table and hope you are able to take away some nuggets that will help you navigate through the challenges of your everyday life. Be sure to share and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform, and you can follow us on Instagram at TableTalkP5Women to continue the conversation and to share your comments and feedback. We look forward to having you at our table again.